Hi, and welcome to Sam Was Here, a podcast for parents who have lost a son or a daughter to addiction. My name is Angie, and Sam was my son. He died of an overdose in November of 2022, and he was 23 years old. I'm here to talk about Sam's addiction, his death, the aftermath, and my choice to move forward. I hope other parents will recognize that they are not alone and be inspired towards healing as I share the steps that I have found useful in my own grief. We can't bring our kids back, but I believe that we can and should grow stronger in their death because it's the only choice that we have. Judgment. The ability to make considered decisions or come to sensible conclusions. This is the definition according to Google, definitions from Oxford languages. Judgment is something that so many of us families face. In today's episode, we're going to talk about that. Welcome to episode number 11. My name is Angie. I was, am, and always will be Sam's mom. In today's podcast, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to devote almost the entire episode to judgment and what I consider are four really important aspects of judgment. We're going to dig a little bit deeper so that we understand it for what it actually is and that we also understand the importance of creating resilience so that we don't get as affected by judgment as we can tend to. So what are the four really important aspects of judgment that I'm going to cover today? First, I'm going to talk about why people judge addiction and why it has so very little to do with addiction. Second, I want to talk about how letting real or perceived judgment, and there is a big difference and either one of them can be negative to our healing. We're going to talk about that today and how to kind of untangle the real judgment versus the perceived judgment and why it doesn't really matter that much anyway. Third, I'm going to tell you why it's really important to create that resilience within ourselves so that we become stronger than the judgment and we treat it for what it is, which is completely unimportant. And fourth, I'm going to give you a little background on how and why I handled the potential judgment of my own son's addiction. And as always, I'll give you a quick recap of the week, remind you of three simple but important action steps, and leave you with the weekly limerick. Before we start, please remember I am not a licensed therapist. I'm a grieving mom. I'm here to share the story of Sam's addiction, his death, the aftermath, and the steps that I'm taking to move forward. So let's get started with our very first topic, which is why people judge addiction and why it has nothing to do with addiction. I'm going to break this up into three different subsets. The first is the obvious, the second is the less obvious, and the third is the undeniable. So I'm going to start with the obvious. Now, there are two reasons that are really, really obvious why people judge addiction that we can't argue with. One is that they don't understand it, period. They don't understand it, and they don't want to take the time to understand it. It's not in their world. It is what it is. The second obvious reason is that many people see it as a moral character flaw. Therefore, they feel like it's reasonable that they judge it. Those are the two obvious reasons that we can't really argue with because it's a waste of energy and we have better things to do with our time. Moving on to the second subset of the reasons why people judge addiction. And these reasons are less obvious, so they're reasons that we might not naturally think about. 
and I came up with four of these. So one of the less obvious reasons that we don't tend to think about when we're the victim of judgment is that one of the biggest reasons why people judge others is so that we can distract ourselves from our own flaws. We all have issues. There are many, many addictions out there. Many of them are hidden. The addiction that our son or daughter died of is the most pervasive out there. It's the most judged, and it creates the biggest stigma because people want to say, well, I'm not so bad. Look at that person. That's just the way it is. Second, a second less obvious reason and why we can't take it personal is that people judge out of illusion. They make this assumption that they're not going to be impacted. It's never going to happen to them. They kind of put themselves above it. They feel removed from it. I have to admit, guys, I felt removed from it too. I did. When I drove down Colfax, I thought, why do you have a phone? Get a job. I thought that about people that my son eventually became. I'll tell you what. I don't feel removed anymore, and I don't judge people on the street anymore. Third reason, people tend to judge addiction out of fear. They know enough to be scared, but not enough to be reasonable. So they get really afraid of it. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to know about it. They are afraid of it. And this is a fact. Some people go through life as fearful individuals. We can't change this. It's not our job to get everybody to put on their big boy pants and see it for what it is and understand it for what it is. So the fourth reason is that people outside of a situation almost universally believe that inside that situation there was more control than there actually was. I've done this myself. I've judged Maybe somebody in a bad working environment thinking, well, just quit that job, you know, or just tell your boss or something like that. That's the way that we do this. We tend to, if if we're not involved in a situation, as humans, we tend to think we know a lot more, we understand, and we have the absolute solutions. So there we have it, four of the less obvious reasons that people tend to judge. We judge to distract ourselves from ourselves. We judge because we have the illusion that it could never happen to us. We judge if we are fearful people, and we also judge if we are outside of the situation, because the solution always seems simpler from the outside. So now we've covered two obvious reasons, four less obvious reasons, and now we're going to move on to the undeniable, the human nature part of this that's never going to change. Now I've come up with four reasons why we tend to judge based on our human nature, but these four reasons also tend to be the reason why we are who we are, why we're ingrained into being who we are, and why people rarely, why it takes so much work to change and be different. Number one, it is human nature to judge. According to Google, we have the innate urge to be right, to be better, to be superior. Our binary view of the world around us necessitates us to be either right or wrong. So we tend to judge. Humans are motivated to assign causes to their actions and behaviors. Second reason this will never ever change is that people tend to be enslaved to the environment that they grew up in. If someone grew up in a judgmental environment, they in turn will tend to judge. 
it takes a lot of work to separate ourselves from the environment we grew up in, and it feels very normal to continue the behavior as we move out into the world. Uh, the third reason is that, that we cannot change, undeniable, we all have a genetic makeup. We have our own personality, our own intelligence. Some people tend to judge, other people don't. People that judge, judge for a reason. It fulfills some kind of a need or they wouldn't be doing it. But it has so much more to do with what's going on inside them than it has to do with it. They're judging. And the fourth is really that change is hard. Adopting a new way of thinking is hard. Even for, I mean, for me, it was really, really hard. When Sam told me he, me he was using heroin, the bottom of my world dropped out. The association that I had with heroin was dark, dirty, nasty, gross, horrifying. I couldn't even imagine that this was part of my world now. And even when he started using, I didn't see him as somebody that would eventually walk the streets. I didn't see him as somebody that would stick a needle in his arm. And even when that happened, I never really thought it would kill him. So even me having a son, as I watch him walk down this path, I had to change my own thinking of what I was willing to accept to be true. And I had to do it because I had something huge at stake. For the people looking in, they don't have to become intimately evolved. They don't have to do this. They don't have to figure it out. So I guess the overall point here is that people are going to judge. But when we look at all the reasons that really have nothing to do with what's going on in the world, maybe we can make it bite a little bit less. Now moving on to topic number two, which is how our judgment or even our perception of being judged can affect us. So when I talk about perception, I'm talking about the stories that we create in our heads. This is something I'm really, really good at. I'll take one situation and I do create a story around it that may or may not be true. This is a human tendency for all of us to do this. And when we're at this time of extreme grief and extreme trauma, the tendency to do that is going to be to blow things up even more than they are. So for right now, let's try to just work with the judgment or the situations that we know to be true. Let's not assume that Aunt Thelma is sitting there talking to Uncle Richie about how bad of a parent you were, blah, blah, blah. Let's not make those assumptions because who the hell cares anyway? But let's talk about how, how these judgments, when we do let them affect us, let's talk about how they can impact our healing. When we think that we're being judged, we might change the way that we authentically deal with our grief. Each one of us is on our own separate path, separate from anywhere, anyone else. We each had a relationship with a person that we have to figure out how to live without. When we worry about what other people think about us, then we don't do the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves. We worry about what can we do to make them think that we're better. Let's remember everybody, please, this is our grief. This is our grief. We have to walk through it. 
the other people that are watching us, and if they are judging, they really, really don't matter. Another reason why this harms our healing when we get too involved in what we think other people are thinking about us is it can actually cause us to change our story. We might actually, when we do talk about people, we might shift things a little bit. We might make it sound better than it was. We might be embarrassed or ashamed. Okay, here's my answer to this. We are dealing with a national epidemic that's killing more than 100,000 people in our nation every single year. We cannot cater to what others expect or what they think. We can't really care about that. Another reason why this really can impact our healing is that when we perceive or are being judged, it can really cause us to be even more lonely because we start to avoid people. We start to avoid activities. We might think that person judges us, so therefore everybody that that person is attached to judges us. So the thing is, is that we don't know that, but in our grief and in our trauma, we start creating those stories, so we do start to avoid people. And another reason, the last reason why I think that um, this is a really important aspect is that I believe that when we pay attention to other people's judgments, we're actually judging ourselves to re-engaging with that belief that we could have prevented this, and we can't. We already know this. So when we allow people to judge and when we change our behavior and change the way we do things and change the way we think and change the way we show up in the world, we're catering to this judgment. And we just, we can't do this. We can't do this. We cannot judge ourselves. We have to stand strong in our story. Our story is dark. It's tragic. But let's all say it together, parents. We did the very best we could at the time. We did the best we knew how and we loved our kids. And this is a sucky, shitty end to this, but it is what it is. And now I want to talk about the third topic, why we need to create resilience around the judgment and stand strong. So here are five reasons why this is super important, reasons that are a little bit bigger, that are more important if we can get beyond people's opinions of us. The first reason is that when we cave to judgment, we're allowing the ignorant people in our lives to downplay the importance and the effect of a national epidemic. This is not an issue of our son and daughter. This is a huge problem and most likely a lot of the reasons why we're sitting here, why I have a podcast, why you might be listening is because our son and daughter were born into this time when even taking an experimental drug can kill them. It wasn't like that back in most of our day. The second reason is I really believe that when we cater to judgment, that we're dishonoring our kid. Their life mattered and continues to matter. It matters a lot more than people who don't understand us judging us. Third, people are ignorant. We can't fight that. That does encompass a lot of the other things I've talked about, but science is science. When people are sitting here judging people who are addicted and families who are losing people who are addicted, what they're basically saying is they disregard science, they disregard the studies, they disregard the momentum of this epidemic. They're just not going to believe it. 
And it's not our job to, to fight ignorance. It's our job to heal. The fourth reason, parents, we didn't lose a drug addict or a statistic or a number. We lost our son or daughter. There is a subset of people that are never going to understand it. And that's why those aren't our people. And the fifth reason is why it's super important to create resilience around this is that we all look at other people's problems as more frequently self-caused, as more preventable. We all have the ways that everybody else could solve their own problems. We just can't solve our own. So it's such normal behavior to judge. I, I don't know how we can get away from it. So this is why we have to create resilience. It's almost as if it's going to be raining out and we would rather fight with the rain and argue with the rain not to fall than to put on a rain jacket. They're not going to protect us if the people who are judging are not going to protect and we need to step up to the plate and do it for ourselves. As a society, we need to be better than this. We need to stand up for each other and each other's kids. And we need to be free to grieve how we need to grieve. No one can ever set us free from this. It has to be us. We have to work it from the inside. We have to let go of any judgment that we feel, whether it's real or it's perceived. In my mind, judgment should be reserved for people who are unkind and who are mean, try to hurt others, and who cause corruption in society. Not for people who like our kids who had a disease and are suffering. And I think it's important to remember that when we put more weight on society's opinion over the life and death of our kid than we do in healing from this trauma, then we have the wrong priorities. And as a last thought here, please, parents, please remember, just because people are willing to judge us does not have to make us willing to care. Let's move on to our fourth topic now. So I want to share with you how I have handled judgment. And before I share how I've handled and how I've thought about it, I want to just give you a little bit of a background. I think there are four distinct factors about me to understand before I share this. The first is, is that my own family has a history of addiction. I've seen brilliant people recover and become very, very successful. I've seen, I've had some of the best talks with people that have recovered from addiction. I've never seen addiction as a shameful disease or something that needs to be hidden. It's just the facts. Some people are born that way. Two, to piggyback on number one, is that I am somebody that has an addictive personality. So as somebody who has an addictive personality, I understand it very, very well. And I openly admit that strapping myself to a hang glider and running off a mountain is my high. Sticking a needle into his arm behind a trash can was my son's. Third, I have a really strong personality and I'm a communicator. I have a desire to understand, to learn, to talk about things. And fourth, I don't have any professional reasons to be concerned or to have any reason to hide my connection with my son or his addiction. 
I'm a yoga teacher. And in my world, I was, I was very accepted. I've always been supported and I have never felt any judgment. So now that you know those four things about me, I'm going to talk about how I've handled this. From the beginning, I've been very, very upfront about Sam's addiction. It's almost been a way of weeding out the people that don't belong in my life, to be honest with you, because I just don't hide it from anyone. And it's almost like this is a part of my life. And if you're somebody who's, who has an issue with that, I, I'm, I don't really want to have anything to do with you anyway. So if you want to come in, do. If you're afraid of it, then don't. I've also written about Sam. I've had blogs. I've social media posted. And I think from the very beginning, as I just didn't care. I just didn't care about judgment. Again, the people that were going to judge were just going to fall away from my life naturally. It was going to be a little bit of an easier cut because I didn't have to work. All I had to do was be open. And if people wanted to, you know, shut me off of social media or not be as friendly, then that was okay. It wasn't really, I didn't care. Another thing is that I just don't mince words. I tell it like it is. I don't ever try to say something softly or change the story to make someone feel more comfortable because I can't really control their perceptions and I wasn't really willing to change my story. So another thing that I've done is I've always stood up for Sam and I've been super proud of every single accomplishment. Almost everybody, I should say everybody in my family has a college degree or an advanced degree except for me. I'm a yoga teacher. So I am used to kind of being the black sheep. I'm used to not going about the normal path. So when Sam told me that he wanted to be a tattoo artist, I bought him tattoo supplies. I wanted to be there to support him. And I thought it was really important because Sam, Sam was not going to live the kind of life that I was going to live. He was going to live the kind of life that he was going to live. Another thing I did, which could have been shocking, is if I ever sensed a conversation was going to go the back way, like we're going to start talking about parents and how kids these days are so awful, I would almost jump in and intercede it before it ever came up. Like, oh, by the way, you know, parents don't always have control. My son is addicted to heroin and I tried everything I could. I was just letting them know, hey, I'm standing right here, so you might want to wait till I'm not. I always saw Sam's addiction as a disease and I treated it that way. He was sick and he never believed that he was important enough to recover. And Sam himself and all these things about him were so much more important to me, always have been and always will be than silencing myself for others. Now, before I give a brief recap of this past week, I just want to kind of go back through these ideas of judgment that we just talked about. First of all, the reason that outsiders judge addiction has barely anything to do with addiction. It has to do with their own ignorance, their own personality, their own family history, and their own human nature. So therefore, we cannot let this negatively impact us. It has hardly anything to do with us or our kid. It's just people being people. Second, when we do let this impact us, it does negatively affect our own healing because it causes us to try to heal inauthentically, to try to change our story, to try to fit in, try to convince other people that we really were good parents. And also the idea that we have to develop resilience around the idea of judgment is so important to me because what we're dealing with is so much bigger than ourselves. And we need to be able to stand up and own our story in a national epidemic that, as I've said many times, is killing more than 100,000 people every single year. 
I think the most important thing that we all need to take away from this episode is to let go of judgments. Whether they're real or perceived, they impact us negatively, and they don't matter. We're in survival mode. We lost our kid. The way other people think about us right now, if we're putting too much weight on that, it's completely unimportant and we need to drop it. This week I was able to contact with two newly bereaved moms and it certainly made a huge impact on me. It reminded me of what I felt like 10 months ago, which was like I could not survive. It reminded me that I'm not alone, that there are so many parents in the world that are losing their kids to addiction and to overdoses and there is so much pain. And it also reminded me of the importance of connecting with people who understand what we're going through. Because in my last 10 months, the most grace I have gotten and the most comfort I have received are from other parents who have also lost a son or a daughter, whether to addiction or something else. Before I step out today, I want to remind you of the three very, very important but powerful steps that we can all take as soon as we can, as soon as we're physically and mentally able. First, every single day, do one thing that gives you joy. If you're new to your grief, you won't feel any joy. So as soon as you can find something that used to give you joy. Second, do one thing that makes your life better by handling a responsibility that you don't really care about, but that needs to be done. Third, and most importantly, every single day, connect with at least one person who both understands and supports you in this journey. And when you are strong enough, you can turn around and connect with somebody else and help them along the way too. And as always, here is the limerick that I've created for this week. We judge the man on the street. His shoes are taped to his feet. His secrets forbidden, yet ours so well hidden. We don't even see our deceit. Thank you so much for stopping in today. I wish you peace and I will see you next week. 